the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you in association with Rebel, 442's official football retail partner. Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider Podcast. My name is Aidan Ormond. I'm the editor of 442 Magazine. And joining me for the last podcast of the year, boys, or the season, uh, we have special guests on the line, but in the studio, Kevin Gordon Ayres. RPB. RPB. How are you? RPB. RPB. Uh, the oh, edit- wait a minute. Wrong. Oh, sorry. Wrong result. Mariners. Mariners. <laughs> All right. He's quite excited. Uh, and in the, in, also in the studio today, we have a very special guest. We have the bearded mariner, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. It speaks. <laughs> all right, boys. The A League Grand Final Sunday. Have we all recovered from that day? Only just. Yeah. Um, an in- incredible day, I guess. Uh, Kev, uh, you were down on the pitch side. Um, just talk us through the what it felt like to be on the pitch. Um, you know, given you know the crowd and the crush to get in, just just give us a sense of what it was like on the pitch first. Well, I tell you, you know, um, I'm still a great believer that the um, the champ- uh, the Premiership is the elite's most prestige title in Australia. But Sunday just reinforced that uh, the Grand Final is a bloody great day. It's fantastic. I mean, it's such it's such a great occasion. Uh, and it's a great way to end the season, even if it doesn't quite mean as much as the Premiership. Sorry, Beard Mariner, but you know. We've won two Premierships. We've won two so. Premierships already, <laughs> so you know the difference. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's, uh, it was just a superb day. It started, we arrived, what, quarter to two, half past one? We turned quarter up. to two, yeah. Uh, and, you know, from the very first moment we got out the car at the car park, you could see the crowds already waiting to get into the stadium. Um, you went off to do the march, I went off to get a, a breakfast Lexa and came back. But the crush to get into the stadium was just immense. Mm. And, you know, we're going to speak to. Uh, A-League and Allianz Stadium and the police later on today to find out exactly what the story was there because that was it felt dangerous and threatening mm. uh, it's not often that, in fact it's the only time in Australia I've gone to a football match and actually felt in danger mm. uh, Is it true that some gates weren't open? No, well, it seems that um, they just weren't coping with the numbers and I don't understand why because you know although it was a full house People were arriving, as we saw, mm. from you know half past one onwards. Mm. So it wasn't like everybody just turned up at the end. It was there was queues outside at quarter to two when we got out of the car, uh, and there was queues all afternoon. And mm. I was stuck there for half an hour. There was people. I tweeted about it. I got replies from people saying they'd been stuck there for an hour. Gate C was even worse mm. than uh, the main course where we were. Was uh, that because they were checking the RBB a lot more thoroughly? No, they than were stopping. I watched. I actually, I was near enough to the front that I could see they were just stopping everyone for no reason. They weren't checking bags. It wasn't a slow entry because people were getting mm. checked. They just stopped everyone, um, which isn't uh, you know isn't safe. It's it's a it's a very provocative situation and people lose patience and it just takes one dickhead start pushing and you've got a tragedy on your hands uh, and you know for all that uh, the A-League uh, slammed fans for you know flares and uh, anti-social behaviour that was genuinely dangerous situation and it shouldn't be allowed to happen hopefully it won't happen again 
After that, though, the day took off. Yeah, it did. And uh, Bearded Mariner, you were in the, in the uh, I think you were telling me where you were sitting, which was kind of to the left of the main Mariner's uh, um, fan base. But just, I mean, just generally, uh, it's been a long, hard slog for your club, hasn't it? And you finally did it. Uh, just talk us through the emotions that you felt right on whistle. Um, it was partial disbelief initially. It was, did this actually just happen after losing three grand finals? And, mm. Uh, what happened two years ago with Brisbane game. Um, and then it was just pure elation. Um, as Kev said, it's the, you've got the premiership being um, the more important, but there's still that emotional contact you make of winning the big game. Uh, it's like when you get a team that wins FA Cup or something like that, that you have that moment of emotion. And that just carried them through for the rest of the day and probably still going <laughs> mm, yeah uh, what was it like as a Mariners fan inside that stadium we'll talk about the game in a second but you know just I guess you were out- outnumbered mm. by probably four to one at least yeah um, what was it like to you know to hear the Mariners fans the way they, they they supported the team and also in that stadium with that amount of support against you um, I think we were basically trying to give as good as we could um, there was a lot more people trying to make a noise than normally we get at the standard Blue Tongue game because normally there'd be a bay of mm. um, Yellow Army. Probably, you'd say, 80% of the six bays we had were trying to make as much noise, trying mm. to sing along, trying to clap. Uh, we knew we weren't going to get anywhere near competing to the noise levels, but we were participating <laughs> as well. Mm. Um, and let's hope that you, you can bring that sort yeah. of support to regular games because I think that's been something that's probably been lacking. Well, I think, you know, the thing that told for me was I went, for, as I said, I went for my breakfast Lexa uh, at Fox Studios and just across at PJ's from where I was having was uh, where all the uh, the Mariners fans were. And the noise you guys were producing was just immense in there. You know, it was it was just like... No, that can't be the Mariners fans because mm. mm. I've been to Gosford. Um, no, it was great. You know, there is... A, a fan base there that can make noise and I think you just need to let go of yourself when you're actually in the uh, uh, blue tongue and just go for it I think because you're sort of, you've got your active support end and then you just spread mm. yourselves around you don't seem to make the same noise in the same way uh, on a, a it would be nice if basis. the whole Blue Tongue Stadium can get involved with active support in some mm. way, a la RBB, and, yeah. and really take it to another level. Because I think it's good for football that the Mariners have won because it's going to help boost memberships. The Wanderers will still improve and, and grow no matter what. Um, so it's good for your club as well. And I think it's good for the A-League to have a new champion as well. Yeah. And, and deservedly so. Oh, definitely. You know, Absolutely. It's, it's, long, it's a long overdue title for the mm. Mariners. And this season, I think, you know, they've more than earned it. Uh, but having said that, you know, the Wanderers were just astonishing uh, consistency. Mm. Uh, towards yeah, the end of this season. Second two thirds of the season that the Wanderers had just but, turned it on, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it put them to another level. Um, but you know, I'm genuinely, actually, seriously delighted for Arnie uh, afterwards after the the, the the presentation and the uh, the trophy and stuff. He was wandering around the pitch, and in the post match interviews I saw on replay and IQ later on, he was he at the beginning of the interview seemed to suggest that this was his farewell to uh, to Blue Tongue to Mariners. And then backtracked on it later on in the interview, but went out on the pitch. There was tears in his eyes. Mm. I mean, he was genuinely emotional about it, and he was giving waves to the crowd that weren't 
celebratory waves, the more, more farewell waves, I felt myself. What are the differences between celebratory waves and farewell waves? It's, it's spelt differently. Mm. Okay, all right. <laughs> but Bearded Marin, I've got to ask you, um, uh, you know, did the feeling coming down from Gosford on the day, um, what, what, was there a feeling amongst the fans that could this be another heartache? I mean, given the history of the club? It was probably the opposite, that there was almost um, a sense of destiny mm. that we couldn't fail a fourth time. Uh, there was almost like a confidence of going, we know we can do this. We've beaten them before. Um, all we have to do is step up for a big game. And part of the thing that it's always trip one game at a time, and that's basically what they ended up doing on the days treating this game as another game against the Wanderers uh, and then doing the job. Mm. There was probably the same thing with the crowd, but there was that anticipation of knowing that we had this chance of doing and winning the championship. Mm. Uh, and I think the best team won on the day, clearly. Um, I, just my part of the day in, the, in the, the march to the stadium, it was just extraordinary. And if anybody listening can go into au.442.com and have a look at the photos of the whole day. We've got so many photos from Kev um, and Getty and myself. Um, the march was amazing. Um, it was just one of those special days, although I do really do enjoy Wonderland as a venue as opposed to Allianz. But let's just talk about the game. Um, there was a game played? There was a game played. Oh, and I've got to say that uh, in the first half, it could have been 3-0 to the Mariners, the way they were going. <laughs> Uh, Bearded Mariner, your thoughts? Uh, pretty much the same. It was the first half, half uh, we were really good. Um, a lot of people are saying that the Wanderers didn't show up or things like that. You just read in forums and think, I don't agree with that. I reckon they were okay in the first half. Uh, but we created a lot more opportunities. Mm. We had off the bar from Serge. Yeah. And I think Sturjowski playing off the shoulder of the of the defenders was a, was a, was a great move because McBreen kind of dropped a little bit deeper and using his pace. He's a very quick player over the first few yards and that ability just to get off the shoulder of a defender, and that's how he almost scored in the, in the opening for 15 minutes or so. Um, but that first half, there, there was no one in the stadium, I think, who, who felt that the Mariners didn't deserve to be ahead and could have been ahead by more. I think, to be, honest, to be fair to the, the Wanderers, I think that was their entire season um, catching up with them at that point. Yeah. You know, they, They'd had such an amazing, consistent run They'd done the rotation thing. It worked for them up to that point, and they just ran out of steam again too early. Uh, they'd run out of uh, suspensions. They'd run out of injury mm. uh, rotation, and, and just run out of tired. luck a little bit as and, well. Exactly. Mm. Uh, and you know, uh, with Hersey not being there, we'd said beforehand he was a huge loss. Even though the final ball's not perfect, he just mm. draws so much attention to himself and. F- Conversely, frees up so much space for Ono to to move to work with him. Um, Cressinger was running around as usual, like a Clydesdale that's been uh, let off his uh, his yoke, uh, and to no effect whatsoever. Um, you know, he had probably one of his worst games, I think, uh, out of mm. a season of pretty poor games, mm. has to be said. Um, but then, so did Messi this morning. So, yeah, mm. as I said on Twitter. Do you know the Croatian Messi? Mm. Um, I, I think on another. I think what, what struck me was the um, two years ago, Pedge in the grand final against Brisbane was clearly pushed um, to consider corner. Uh, they didn't get that bit of luck. 
This time they got that little bit of luck where I think it was a penalty. I think it, it did. Uh, I think you know most referees would have given that penalty against Page, but they got a little bit of luck um, that they didn't get two years ago. Um, and it, it just always felt to me like it was destiny. Yeah. Um, that first half went by pretty quickly. Amazing atmosphere. Second half, um, really, I think again the Mariners pretty much shaded the game in the second half. Although I think the first 15 minutes, the Wanderers really had a go. But the penalty killed them off, didn't it? Yeah, uh, the, the, the Wanderers were much improved, I reckon, in the second half. They absolutely took the game to us, mm. um, and which they had to do being behind. Um, and there was the sense while we were all watching, they were going, just don't score. Because <laughs> mm. we knew if they scored, then it was going to be difficult. We knew, I reckon we had to keep that clean sheet to win that game. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, that was clearly the game plan. You know, Popovich had given them a, a huge kick up the arse at halftime and told them to get back level uh, as quickly as possible. And they came out looking gunning for that that goal. Mm. Uh, but again, you know, after 15 minutes, they were running out of steam again, and then they got the pen- they considered the penalty. Uh, mm. And from that point on, it was all over. You know, the, the heads were down; they just weren't in it. Um, it was interesting what you said, you know, the first half went by so quickly. When I was on the sidelines, I felt like I'd only just arrived. I looked up at the clock and it was five minutes to half time. And it just reinforced me that, you know, that's from somebody on the sidelines. Imagine how quickly it must go for the players. You know, you really have to just savor those moments, every single one of them, because mm. it goes so quickly. Mm. You, you know, your chances are you might never experience it again. Uh, and there were times, I mean, I was I was in the Mariners' end towards the end because we were taking photographs, and at, at times it did feel like a, a you know a European Champions League game. Just the the sheer volume of noise that was coming out of the other end and your end as well. You know, um, but I was just also want to say just 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 on the game, Trent Sainsbury. Uh, for me, was man of the match. Yeah, I was quite surprised. Yeah, I agree with that as well. By uh, McBreen's selection, and you know, he's had a fantastic season without a doubt. He scored the penalty, and he was in everybody's mm. faces the whole time. But I still felt that Sainsbury was man of the match, and I was wondering if there was going to be another uh, Jacob Burns, uh, yeah. Thomas Brooke uh, rethink after the mm. the final whistle. Who actually at least votes he got on the right? Who, who votes on man of the it's match? A bit of mystery, yeah. Would not have a clue. Nah. But we certainly didn't. That's for sure. No. Nope. Um, but yeah, there was that sense of destiny. Although towards the end, I think Owner had a free kick that you know he on another day may have scored from. Yep. I could have made it quite interesting, but. Uh, yeah, a deserved, absolute deserved victory for, for the Mariners. Where to now for this club, though, um, Bearded Mariner? I mean, it, it must be difficult to, after so long wanting something, to now find a new motivation, because it's all about motivation with Arnie, if indeed he stays. Yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be the main problem coming next season, is we've had three really, really good seasons with a really solid squad. Like We've lost players and mm. things like that over the years. But especially this year, uh, having Tommy Rogic move on, but not suffering the same mm. sort of big downswings that we normally did. I think next year we're probably losing Bernie, Matt, Sainsbury looks like he's probably going elsewhere. Mm. We might be losing Graham as well. Mm. So there's going to be a rebuild definitely of the squad. Patrick might be retiring. Yeah, Bazanch is another possible. Mm. McBreen's still not been offered a contract, yeah. which, you know, uh, I've. I think is pretty poor show by the Mariners, to be honest. Regardless of whether or not he's going to have the same effect next season, he alone pretty much guaranteed that Premiership, yeah, uh, the Championship yeah. for you, and kept you in the running for the Premiership. And I think we, we, we mentioned this in a podcast uh, a few weeks ago, that if 
the Wanderers had a, a McBreen yeah. rather than a Cressinger, they probably would have won both. Oh, they would, well, they'd yeah, they would, they would have been out of sight, certainly, yeah, yeah. for the Premiership, uh, without a doubt. Uh, but, you know, I think whether or not McBreen plays another game, he deserves another contract just as a thank you. It's his bonus, uh, as far as I would be concerned. Yeah, so mm. it's almost like you just here's another year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, you know, put your feet up. You don't even have to turn up for training if you yeah. don't want to. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they've managed them really well. And I, I, you would think that if you score 17 or 18 goals in total in a season, was it 18 in total? It was 18 during... 17 during the season, season yeah. and uh, 18 through, over two, the course of the... Yeah, two during the finals, so that's... Was it two during the victory. finals? Yeah. Oh, right, okay, so 19 then. Yep. 19, yeah. You would uh, think that he couldn't go all the way back to one yeah, in one but, season, you so... Know, Sasha Petrovsky, i give you an example, you know, Manners did the yeah. same with him, released him, and he went on to be the Jets' highest goal scorer for two years running, I think. And mm, then they like, released yeah. him as well when he was their highest goal scorer. Um, so you know, although the uh, the numbers would suggest that he's <laughs> he shouldn't have anything left in the tank, I think he still does. Mm. Uh, after that season, what, what I thought was interesting in the in the game was how they kept Ono quiet. People say, "Oh, well, you know, Ono just didn't fire," but you know, I think you look at the way that they played the Mariners, and they were very clever. They had really good preparation as well. Uh, and we're going to talk about the C one game in the second half of this podcast, but. Um, the way that he was basically squeezed throughout the game was just, I think, just genius. Uh, he really didn't have a chance. Um, couldn't get in between the lines. Um, and the Mariners basically played through uh, whenever they could. I think Hutchie was dropping back quite often, quite deep, and then playing through, um, uh, which really impressed me. And, and uh, Stajowski as well. You know, I think the other thing... Had one of his better games, if not his best game. I think the other thing that's really impressed me about uh, the Mariners, especially in the, the last half of the season, is they've been playing good football, not physical football. Mm. You know, uh, they've not been you know relying on Laurie McKenna style, be strong uh, type tactics. It's been good football all the way mm. through, and the the grand final was uh, an ex- a perfect example of that. And it's funny when we went up to training at uh, at uh, at um, Tugra. Yeah. And we saw the exact same uh, play or move uh, that uh, released Josh Rose in the first half, where they 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 change the focus of attack, they bring a pl- they pull a player out, and then they play through to, to Rose on the attack, and it's just brilliant. We saw that on training, and it, it was absolutely brilliant to see it in game as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, so um, just tell us what the last few days have been like since the grand final for you, bearded, bearded Mariner. Um. It's been an interesting couple of days. Um, more of a relief now that we've done that. Um, and now it's just seeing what happens in the ACL more than anything. <laughs> yeah. And the interesting thing about you is that you sit directly in front of a Wanderers fan, somebody who goes to every single game. I mean, what chances are you <laughs> in Sydney of having a Mariners fan and a Wanderers fan sitting directly in front of you? Literally head-to-head all yep. season long. How's that been for you? Well, it's, it's been great, to be honest, because I, having um, a football fan in the office and also seeing him enjoy the Wanderers experience over the course of a year... Um, has been probably just as much fun as the actual season itself. Mm. Has he chucked any flares at you? No. Has he broken his seat? Not yet. <laughs> I rest my case. Yeah. No soccer hooligans. Mm. Yeah. He, did, he did look a little dishevelled. The fan we're talking about was the guest on the show last week. It's uh, Anthony Panuccio or Sharonis, as we mm. see. Yes. 
on Twitter, and uh, it, it looked a little dishevelled. But um, I'm really glad that both sides got something out of this season. I think the two best sides by far. Um, so how do you top this? ACL. Yeah. Get as far as we can in the ACL. I mean, we we got the miracle win last night, mm. um, and so now it's in our own hands next Tuesday uh, when we play at Blue Tongue to try and get out of the group stage, and then it's one game at a time mm. if we get out of the group stage. Do, do, do you sense that there'll be a, a boost in support for that game? Because it's absolutely vital that you get everyone possible on the Central yeah. Coast of that game. I hope so. Um, it's a 7 o'clock kickoff on a Tuesday. I think it's a Tuesday. Absolutely shit schedule. Yeah. Well, it's, for me, uh, working down in Sydney, it means I have to leave early to try and get there at the 7 o'clock kickoff. Mm. I, and I know people that turn up at 7.30. They were turning up at 7.30 and things like that for the last home game because they just simply can't get there any earlier. Mm. Mm. It's just nonsense timetabling. I mean, I just don't even begin to understand why they're... Oh, look, I think it's AFC. But that's AFC for you. Um, Makes no sense whatsoever. It doesn't necessarily work with the Australian scheduling. It's it's more of an AFC Asian thing, so Mm. um, it's never been ideal. But, uh, yeah, very interesting week for you. Well, look, that's that's Um, basically it. Anything else? A parade on Friday, is it? Uh, Yep, there's a parade down the main street of Gosford on Friday at at midday, I believe it is. And then they'll be in the park from after that until I think about two. Um, you can get photos with the trophy, and Hutcho will be there signing autographs and a couple of other t- team names as well as far as well. Hutcho apparently has got nothing else to do this week. If you read the papers uh, today, <laughs> he's actually got nothing to do. Suspended from the ACL at home in Terrigal, not doing too much. So uh, catch up with Hutcho if you can. But it's just, it's just a terrific story, and I think what underlined how good they are was last night's result in Korea. I mean, a, a stunning, stunning result mm. against C1. One of the greatest results, I think, by any A-League team Talk in our history. The second half. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Bearded Mariner, thank you so much for no coming problems. in. We appreciate you uh, taking the time. And, and who do you sing for? I sing for Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll be back in part two with a wrap-up of uh, the news on 442 and lots more. The May issue of 442 is out now, and we analyze which players from around the world are on the EPL radar as the season draws to a close. Hear why Victor Valdez says the time is right to leave Barcelona. We talk to A-League fans living in other parts of the globe and also EPL fans living in Australia, close to home, and we go one-on-one with new FFA head honcho David Gallup, and Jacko gives us the inside goss on the FFA's National Technical Seminar, 442, on sale now at your local news agents or the app store. You go to all the trouble of finding the right car, so make sure you also choose the best finance provider too. No, they aren't all the same. Quite simply, you shouldn't look any further than Go Car Loans when it comes to car finance because, well, simply they focus on you. With Go Car Loans, you'll receive personal service tailored to your individual needs, with the focus being on getting exactly the right loan to suit your circumstances. So get the Go Car Loans team working for you today. You can apply online at gocarloans.com.au or call 1-300-884-075. Go Car Loans. They'll give you the green light. Psst.
Interested in getting dozens of leading business experts helping you for free? No, you're not dreaming. You heard us right. Dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone 24-7 every day with tips, comments, discussion and simple ideas to help you make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. If you're a sports lover, and let's face it, everyone loves sport, there's one website you need to remember, sportstalkradio.com.au. Our team of sports experts have the latest news, opinions, results and previews from Australia and around the world, covering every sport you can think of. Except curling, we don't know anything about that. For curling, use the search engine. For everything else in the world of sport, head to sportstalkradio.com.au. Buying a car is a big commitment. You need to make sure you have the right car at the right price before you sign on the dotted line. So the best thing to do before you buy a car is log on to the Behind the Wheel website. At behindthewheel.com.au, you'll find dozens of unbiased and independent new car reviews. Browse by different manufacturers and find exactly what's right for you. While you're at behindthewheel.com.au, check out the latest car industry news, read motorcycle reviews and news, and pick up some handy road safety tips too. Don't sign anything until you visit behindthewheel.com.au. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to the second half of the 442 Insider podcast. In the studio today with me is Kevin gordon the oh. online editor of 442. My name's Ado. I'm the editor of the magazine. And uh, we are missing one player in our team. It's Jacko, the publishing director, who is in Melbourne at the moment, um, basically um, hanging out with Ian Rush, as far as I can see on Twitter, um, doing a few things down there. <laughs> um, I spoke to him earlier today and asked him about the grand final and also his highlights of the season, and this is what he had to say. Well, hi, Jacko. How are you going? Hello, mate. How are you? Well, I guess you've had a few days to reflect on uh, Sunday's grand final. Firstly, on the pitch, uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, you know, I thought that it was. Uh, I thought that the Mariners really just dominated, you know, in, in, in pretty much every area, and uh, Western Sydney just really struggled to get going. You know, I think people will look at did they miss Hersey, and I, I think undoubtedly they did, but I, I'm not convinced that he would have been the difference. Uh, I'm not convinced that had Hersey played, Western Sydney would have won. I just thought that the Mariners would just had their measure all over the park. And I think where, where it was really evident uh, was at fullback. When we talked about this in the lead up, you know, Josh Rhodes and Pedro Bowen, both defensively and, and in attack, were just too strong. And, uh, you know, and I, I thought Franz Feig and, and Saints we did well in the sense of defence. I think McBreen playing slightly withdrawn, Mr. Tosky playing more as a number nine.
Jack, I'll, I'll ask Kev the same question. Just give us a couple of highlights for the season. We're kind of wrapping up the season in this show as well. Um, you know, just a few things that, that you'll always remember about this season. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that we all remember, but for you in particular, were, were there any any couple of moments here and there that you just will always remember? I think I, was, I stood up back to that moment where there was a press conference from, from Italy when Del Piero was signing and it was like, is this really happening? And then you fast forward a couple of months and he's planting a free kick from 25 yards into the top corner and you're like, yeah, this is really happening. Mm. I, think, I remember this season because it where, you know, we had three quality marquee players and, and in their own way they all delivered. Mm. You know, I don't think we, we looked at any of those players and saying, well, they didn't really deliver. You know, it's difficult circumstances in a, in a Jets team that struggles. Mm. You know, Odo and Del Piero in our own way were, were just quality. And, and as, as we talked about last, last week, you know, all three are staying. That's the best thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, so I think that the Martinez was great. Um, obviously, you've got to say, you know, the, the snowball that became Western Sydney Wanderers and the supporters and, you know, another young, developing Australian coach in Tony Popovich, you know, and I think that, again, what we've now got is a peer group in Australia with Graham Arnold, Popovich, and they're all pushing each other to be better, you know, and that, that can only be good for the game at all levels, you know, and particularly for the national team, you know, we, we want these guys to be competing with each other. Absolutely. Well said, Jack. Well, listen, thanks for being on the show. I know you're busy in Melbourne. Enjoy your day, and we'll see you back in Sydney soon. All right, thanks, you. Thank you. Well, that was Jacko uh, talking about uh, some of his highlights of the season. He, he spoke a lot about Wanderers and also the incredible uh, media response to Del Piero. And if you look back on this season, Kev, um, if we do sort of have a uh, time to think about it, at the start of the season, it was all about Del Piero. I mean, there was only one story, but the Wanderers kind of came into it as time went through. What do you sort of recall of this season in terms of your highlights? Oh, look, you know, the, um, the actual quality marquee signings for a change. Um, players that um, proved to have a lot of life left in the legs, so much so they've got second seasons. Um, there's very few marquees we've had uh, of that calibre who've uh, managed to get a second season out of themselves. Um, that was a, a key thing. The uh, the absolute appalling uh, run that the assistants turned senior head coaches had uh, and their swift replacements, Ian Crook, Corrado, uh, etc., etc. Um, and um, the runaway success of the top three teams, the up and down season for Adelaide, uh, and to be honest, the fairly disappointing uh, season for the the rest of the the league. I thought the bottom six played pretty poorly mm. all round, but Del Piero was obviously uh, an individual highlight for myself and just about everybody else who enjoys good football. I mean, you know, we're based in Sydney. We we saw firsthand the the, uh, the hype around his signing. Um, at times, it was just on another planet. Uh, live press conferences from Italy to start. Um, the Sydney Morning Herald turning into an Italian newspaper for a day. Mm. Um, record hits on the website. Um, 
it's almost it's almost like a dream come true at times when you look back at the Del Piero signing and then the arrival at the airport. Yeah, and then you know during the course of the season as well, um, he would train for say an hour and then spend the next hour and a half posing for pictures, signing photographs, signing autographs. Um, you know, really going that extra mile uh, with never a grumble, uh, always too happy to uh, to meet the fans. Uh, and you know, they were, they were, these guys were given access like. Nobody would ever get anywhere else in the world. Uh, so as a PR exercise for Sydney, it was uh, phenomenal. And, you know, as a result, they got much improved gates. Uh, the figures across the league in every uh, market were up uh, tremendously. Uh, attendances were up. TV fig- viewing figures were up. Uh, I think it was 294,000 people watched the grand final in Foxtel at the weekend. Uh, I mean that's a phenomenal number. I mean, it's and that's and that's before free to air kicks in next season yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, you know, and although that might just be eighty thousand more than an AFL match, um, you know, the TV rights for the football cost considerably yeah. less than the, the AFL rights. Mm. So Fox Home laughing all the way to the bank. What parts of the season? I think you touched on just some of the the, the disparity in form. What sort of things? Didn't you like about the season? I mean, I'll just kick off by saying that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Melbourne Heart can refocus their, shall we say, their brand because that's one of the areas. Not all clubs had boosts in in crowd figures. Um, Heart were were solid but not spectacular. Um, if you took the uh, the Melbourne derbies out of their and the Del Piero game and the Del Piero game, if you took them out of the uh, the equation. They were almost Gold Coast United-esque mm. uh, attendance figures, which you know is just not good enough. Uh, and it's not so much the club's fault; it's the FFA's fault for creating something with no real identity. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've seen identity come to the fore this season, haven't we? Yeah, with the I mean, it, you know, the, the Wanderers, the, the catch cry for the Wanderers supporters: Who do you sing for? And we have with uh, our Perth Glory uh, blogger David Meacock did a blog. I think it was about eighteen months ago, about what your club's story is, and you know every club should have a story. It should be a, a message that it you know its very identity yeah. is based upon. Yeah. So there's a, there's a narrative to, to, to exactly. There's a reason. There's a cultural. There's a socio-economic reason for supporting it. Absolutely, yeah. and he was spot on with it. And Hart doesn't have a story yet. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure what the story can be. Look, I, I was thinking about we've, this we've the other about day. This so many times. Yeah, yeah. we have. Um, there, there are. For me, there are a couple of stories in Melbourne. One is South Melbourne as a story, mm-hmm. um, as a traditional, you might call quite traditional club. The other story in Melbourne, which is interesting, is is the area of Casey. Now, uh, the area of Casey is a, a very fast growing part of Melbourne. Um, Almost in a way similar to Western Sydney, uh, lots of young families, um, perhaps not the wealthiest part of town, but very much the heartland of of, of the uh, of the city. And, and I, I do sense, and I think they were thinking about Casey when Hart mm. were were being formed as to where to be placed. That's right. Yeah. Um, I really think that that might be something that we could be looking at in in, in the years to to come. I think when you you're sharing a stadium with your your crosstown rival, though, it's very very difficult to forge your own identity. Mm. You know, uh, that's the bottom line. Mm. Um, there's so much work to be done in creating that identity, and these things don't necessarily happen overnight. But Wanderers have shown what's what's mm. possible. Uh, mm. You know, and anybody who says it can't be done, 
Western Sydney Wanderers. Mm. There, there's your story. Mm. Uh, there's your proof. Anything can be done if you set your mind to it. And you've got a narrative. You've got a story. Mm. You've got an identity. You've got something for fans to sing for. Heart done. Mm. Um, Adelaide is the other yeah, roller coaster yeah. uh, part of the season. What a basket case. Uh, you know, non-football people making very, very important football decisions. Mm. Uh, and also, you know, it, it would appear from uh, a press statement that was hastily taken down from the website, football people within the, uh, the club making decisions that were innately flawed. Mm. Uh, and just a constant blame game, power struggle, stupid, stupid, eye off the ball. So you're talking about the pissant mentality that... Well, yeah, as, as Aurelio called it, yeah. Um, there's just a lack of focus mm. on the football side the of The sad things. thing for me about that is that it's a great stadium. It's a genuine football city. Um, we all know what happened before the A-League. They had a team called Adelaide City and they had West Adelaide and they were well supported. Mm. They, those clubs had narratives. They, mm. Those clubs ha had identities. Now, I know that the identities were... In City's case, it was Adelaide City Juventus originally, so it was an Italian. West Adelaide was obviously Greek. Um, but they had a narrative and they had a history. Uh, we seem to be saying the word narrative a lot, but it's true. It is. It's, it's an important thing, you know. I think, and uh, I think they've, they've lost that focus. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. You know, and Adelaide fans are so lo I mean, genuinely loyal. They stick through the club through thick mm. and thin. They've died off a bit this season. Bizarrely, considering how much success they've had, possibly not necessarily uh, success they've earned mm. more that other people have fallen away in the in the league. But uh, how about having a few fan forums in Adelaide in the off season? Because that for me is really important. I doubt it'll happen because, as you say, and I agree totally, it's run by non-football people yeah. who don't know what a football club means. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the bringing AFL thoughts, mentalities into a game which is not AFL. Mm. Uh, and they need to have better guidance than they've got. Michael Petrillo seems to have been the brains behind the recruitment, uh, the good recruitment this season. And all power to him, he's done a great job. You know, the, he's scouted well and uh, brought some great uh, people in. But in the actual management of the club... Mm. It's just been appalling. You know, you, the kind of linen that's been washed in public mm. should never be seen in the light of day. Um, it's just shocking. Uh, so I guess, I guess the, the moral of this one is don't wear red shirts because it seems to be a problem in the A-League if you've got a red shirt at the yeah, moment. That's true. Yeah. Wellington haven't done as well as we perhaps thought they would, but they've got potential for the future. Let's hope so anyway because I think they've got a really good fan base. However... Um, Again, that club a, a needs to really a diminishing fan base. You know, they were uh, their average in their first season was similar to what the Wanderers was yeah. in the first uh, in first this, half, yeah. this season. Yeah. Um, so that's dropped off a lot this year. Uh, I think a lot. I think that you know a lot of that's down to a series of years, disappointing seasons where they, they've either just not reached the potential mm. or just not actually climbed into the uh, you know the, the top echelons lifted up but it, it is interesting when they go on the road in New Zealand they do quite well in terms of crowds and interest they played a few games I think in Dunedin and perhaps also in Auckland yeah one of them did very poorly though was that Dunedin uh, I think it was Dunedin yeah. uh, I think it was only about 4,000 turned out I to think, that I think it they've done Christchurch as well in the past where they've done yeah, White, White. I mean, some some of them have done very, very well, but th that's when it's a novelty factor. Mm. Um, 
I don't think you can use that argument to make it a mm. regular thing. Uh, it's but again, at Wellington, they're run by people like Gareth Morgan and other people, and you know there are there are question marks I think hanging over his head in terms of his ability to run a football club. I, I don't think I'm not sure if his question marks over his ability to run the football club, but getting in, interfering in stuff like the playing styles, mm. you know, Roman Abramovich may get away with that because he's a, a billionaire uh, but he, even he can't buy the kind of success he wants mm. uh, no matter how much he gets involved and and he likes cats as well and he does like cats yes, whereas Unlike Gareth, Gareth doesn't, Morgan like cat. yes. doesn't like cats very bizarre yeah but look um, it's been a, a, a quite a I guess you could say quite a standout season in terms of I think David Gallup was saying that we've gone into the mainstream now in terms of being a sport in this country whether or not game for game that it was a higher standard than last season, that's, that that will be something that can be debated. Because um, last season was actually a very, very good season on the park. Mm. Oh, I, um, I thought last season was a better season on the park overall yeah. uh, than this season. I thought the top three sides this season were better than last season. They were more consistent, but not necessarily as showy. Mm. Uh, but um, no, I thought overall last season was better, and I think a lot of teams went backwards this season compared to last. Um, but um, one team that's going forward is the Mariners. Absolutely. Uh, after backing up, up the grand final win with that amazing victory in Korea. That's for, right. Less I mean, than 40, for, not less than, but 40 hours later. Yeah, remarkable. We, we have to mention that. Um, you know, last night they they played against C1 in Korea. They'd only been in Korea for about 24 hours. Been sober um, for even less. Well, apparently they all got to bed by 11 o'clock on on grand final night. But there would have been a few drinks, no doubt, during that evening. But uh, this, Kevin, I mean, this ranks this result last night, the one nil victory over C1. In terms of in terms of the result, this is actually a better result than the grand final because at least they had their proper preparation for the grand final. Mm. They had virtually no preparation for this game. And they were... You Absolutely know, stunning result. Virtually no rotation gone on as well. You know, uh, with a couple of exceptions, it was pretty much the uh, grand final team took to the field in Korea. Mm. Uh, it could... Be, it's interesting, actually, the, the way this could pan out. If they can get this win next week... Uh, next week uh, and qualify for the knockout stages. That could be what keeps Arnie at Blue Tongue for another season. Mm. Uh, if I, I cannot see him leaving um, the Mariners while they're still in Asia, I think he would. It would be such a huge final feather in his cap. He's got the prem, he's got two, three premierships. He's got a championship now, an ACL. How much would he want that mm. now? Uh, and then and he that, could have his pick and choose of clubs exactly. In Asia. That would give him a passport to any club in Japan, mm. uh, or virtually any club in Japan, absolutely uh, that he wanted. Which is, I think, is his dream ultimate, uh, ultimate dream. Well, Kevin, we're coming to a close, but uh, let's just sum up a few stories on on the website au.442.com. And um, uh, the big story has been Liverpool this week. Uh, Jacko, as we heard earlier, has been in in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, just just uh, part of the whole buzz of Liverpool. It looks like it's going to be a completely sold out stadium as well. I don't think there was ever any doubt about it, to be honest. And but it's fantastic to see that actually happen. Mm. Uh, the uh, tickets are on sale in about ten minutes or something. I think. Mm. Um, for the second... Uh, so the first tranche went out at record time. Selling a 1,000 a minute. Mm. Uh, sold out a 1,000 a minute. 
Um, and this slot, I expect, probably similar. So, I mean, this, this off-season that we're looking ahead now, we've got uh, Socceroos games, we've got the Liverpool and Man United mm. Tour, and the ACL. So we've got a few things to, to at least look forward to. May could be a bit quiet. Yep, we, as always. Yep. Uh, we'll be uh, looking overseas for our entertainment in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe, got the, we'll have the Champions League final mm. and the FA Cup final. And the uh, Premier League's already settled, incredibly. Uh, but yeah, plenty of uh, entertainment there, especially after Bayern's destruction of Barcelona mm. this morning. Um, but yeah, June will be all about uh, Socceroos. Uh, July will be all about uh, Liverpool and Man United being in town. Mm. And then August, it's it's close to the start of the A League season, and new transfers yep. coming in, and new faces. transfer window, and potentially marquee. So it could be an exciting time. September, we got more Socceroos. I think we might do potentially. Yes, yep. we always yep. generally play early in September. So preseason, yeah. and then back to October. I mean, it is a long preseason for for us all, but at least there are a few things going on in this off season that's going to keep us going uh, to a degree. Um, I've got to say also at the grand final, just going back to the grand final, we produced for uh, produced the decided grand final match day program football republic football yes republic yep um and kev how can people get a hold of this if they weren't at the game well if like me you were stuck in that crush and fearing for your life you probably didn't hang around to buy a program from the program sellers so go to our website au.442.com and you'll see a story about you it's not too late to get a prize memento click on that and you'll get a link to uh they are online sales. We'll deliver it free to your door uh, as soon as you like. Uh, so, yeah, get your own copy. Uh, it's, it looks uh, good and it reads well. It genuinely has got a great reaction from all the fans that have uh, seen it on both sides. Uh, so, yeah, you, if you went to the match or you didn't make it to the match and you want something to remind you of uh, a historic moment in the A-League history, um, that's how to do it. Yeah. Get your own copy. Fantastic. Grand final program. And if you go to au.442.com as well, you'll see a link to the new 442 magazine. There's a new magazine. There is a new magazine. It is What's out. What's magazine? Um, it's football and stuff, really. Football, yeah. yeah. But uh, we've tracked down a lot of A-League fans from around the world. A-League and uh, Socceroo Yarns in there. David Gallup one-on-one with some nice pictures as well. I love the pictures. Um, They're great. And so if you go to the website, you'll just see the new 442 magazine tab at the, st- uh, the top of the homepage and uh, away you go for the new issue. And you can get it on iPad as well. Absolutely. For a fraction of the price of the uh, the printed version. Yeah, and the, would... I- the iPad version is actually very popular with all the extra. And it's got extras. It's got mm. videos and pictures and all sorts of stuff. So lots to uh, to uh, do. Look, that's the end of the uh, the year for us. That's in it. The podcast. It's all over. Simon, thanks very much for a great year. Simon, behind the uh, Our producer. laptop. Jacko, of course, he's not here today. Thanks to Jacko for just having another amazing season. Kevin Gordon Ayres, thank you so much again. Thank you, mate. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you when we see you next time. Bye. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.